I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavez, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. talking about Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. This is one of those soundtracks that I really like, and, well, I like a good chunk of it. There's parts of it that I just kind of, like, throw away, and I'm like, hey, don't need to listen to this, but I've always kind of enjoyed this one. Dominic, how about yourself, like, familiarity with Star Fox? I'm only familiar with Star Fox through Super Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, really? You've never played a Star Fox game before? Never. Oh, man. Okay. You've got a 3DS, right? Yeah. I should lend you, or you can buy, like, Star Fox 64 or 3D, like... That is the sort of the pinnacle of that series. Like this, this game is okay. It's it was more of like a weird technical showpiece for the Super Nintendo. Like as polygons started kind of taking the forefront, they started using the Super FX chip to sort of fake 3D, basically. Hmm. And it's kind of cool, but I mean the thing runs like it chugs like a mofo, man. I mean it's it's like single frames per second occasionally. Like it's wow. it's slow, but it's cool. It's just like kind of like a cool thing to like check out. Um, you know if you're if you grew up playing this thing, like your imagination could fill in the blanks, basically, of like what these like big polygons are supposed to be, because you know they're. It wasn't like the PlayStation where you could have a bunch of polygons running at the same time. This was like uh, pretty minimal, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but oh well, I mean it's a pretty cool rail shooter series. There hasn't been a whole. I mean, honestly, there hasn't really been a whole lot of the rail shooting of it at this point. Like Star Fox is kind of branched out enough that it's barely a rail shooter technically anymore. Like. The latest Star Fox thing was that Starlink game that came out last year, I think it was. It's mm-hmm. like, like an Ubisoft thing, and like if you got the Switch version, there was a Star Fox. Uh, there's The Star Fox team would make an appearance. You could play as Fox McCloud. Oh, wow. Yeah, you could play as Fox McCloud. So. And uh, if you bought the Deluxe one, it came with an R-Wing model, too. Hmm, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I've always liked the R-Wing model, even if it's, you know, created just because it needed to be simple polygons and that was about as close as they could kind of make a cool looking ship and get away with. So <laughs> but I think it's a design that's kind of branched out well over the years. Yeah. You know, as far as the OST goes uh, to any of the uh, games, I, like I said, I'm completely unfamiliar with them, but after going through this OST, I found that it's like 50, 50 mm-hmm. for me. I, I enjoy 50% of the tracks. A lot of them are just throwaway tracks in my opinion. Yeah. There's even a couple in there that use, like, public domain music, which is kind of weird. I think it was, like, two at the end. Like, the one's, like, the slot machine thing. I forget what it used off the top of my head. And then another one used something else that I recognize, but I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on what it was exactly. So, hmm. it's kind of weird. So, um, <laughs> anyway, um, Star Fox was composed by Hajime Hirasawa. And near as I could tell, this is the only thing he's ever worked on. Wow, interesting. I, I, went, I went on Moby Games, I, and... The only other thing he had, I forget what it was even, I think it was like maybe a Smash Brothers game, but he had a special thanks, but I think it was just because like he, 
maybe consulted on the Star Fox uh, music that was in some of this, like a Smash Brothers game. So I, I, I don't know what happened to this guy. Like for a, like a first and only attempt at an OST, like I, I think this is pretty good. Like there are some really iconic and strong themes in here. Even like you said, though, there's like 50% of it's kind of a throwaway soundtrack, but like, you know, I mean, we're going to get to it here and couple segments but like the corneria theme i mean that thing is just iconic like it's it's an awesome track even the super nintendo version still just uh I, it kicks ass i mean we'll get to it when we get to it but yeah just like you listen to this and it's like this was it i mean you you did this and you just kind of threw in the towel i mean geez yeah it's surprising you can tell this the guy knows how to compose as you just said corneria theme is iconic it definitely is it's it's incredible why wouldn't you continue doing stuff like this when you know how to do it yeah, it's really weird. I mean, and you can you can feel like a lot of the stuff he did was like influ- early on, influenced by like Star Trek and Star Wars, like, you know, space opera, uh, space <laughs> epic yeah. type stuff. But like he did do his own thing with like that, that Corneria theme. Like I can't think of anything in, you know, a sci-fi series that sounds like that theme. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's it's 100% original. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing for... A guy to do something like this, and like I said, it, it this isn't like an incredible work. Like this isn't like one of those things that I'm like, oh, there's not nearly a clunker in this thing. It, like, I, I think you have the best estimate there. It's like fifty fifty here. It's, I think uh, we're talking like fifteen tracks or something like that on this one, and you know there was like forty on the on the soundtrack, and some of them were just like you know kind of sound effect things or whatever, just kind of throwaway things, but. You know, I would say all total, yeah, there's maybe like 20 good tracks in this thing that I would listen to regularly, whereas, like I said, E7, it was a little hard to pull out the, like, the four tracks I did, with, so we didn't talk about the, you know, the entirety <laughs> of the second disc. Yeah. I don't know, maybe the payoff just wasn't what he was looking for. I mean, I don't know. I really don't understand why he's not composing anymore. Yeah, it's weird. As far as I know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, unless he's going over, you know, under a pseudonym or something. But I mean, like I said, I normally like Moby Games is pretty good about tracking that stuff down and getting that information. Like, this is the only thing he's credited with that I could find. And I'm I'm really surprised. I mean, maybe he just did it once and was like, eh, this wasn't for me. Yeah, maybe. Never know. Yeah, it's weird. So it's sad, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough speculation here. We're going to do three tracks on each segment this time, just because these are a little bit shorter than, you know, the E7 stuff was. And our commentary might be a little bit more slight, I suppose, on this one as well, because as I said over the, you know, the last episode, we we did like four hours worth of podcast uh, on the last, uh, you know, the last game we covered. So I, I think we could use a little bit of a nice breezy thing to get through. So. <laughs> All right, so the first three we're going to be listening to are Main Theme, Training Mode, and Course Map Select. Thank you. 
Alright, that first thing we listened to was the main theme, and like I kind of mentioned in the previous segment, this is just one of those like classic like space epic themes. It's got a great use of, now I'm going to say natural instrumentation, but you know, the Super Nintendo, it does sampling basically, so you're just going to have to, I don't mean you Dominic, I just mean you the listening audience, is just going to have to forgive me when I just call it like natural instrumentation, because that's what it's going for in a lot of these things where it's just, you know, using sampled uh, guitar, sampled uh, strings and stuff like that. So when I say natural instrumentation, just assume that's what I mean. And not like, they're, dear dumbass, there's no natural instrumentation <laughs> in the Super Nintendo because it couldn't actually... I get, I get it. Okay, I know. I, I've played video games before. I'm not stupid. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I'm angry about that. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to do that. I think everyone will understand what I'm talking about when I say that. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm so fake angry at fake nobody right now. <laughs> is fake anger yep uh all right it's one of those themes that gets reused a few times and honestly like for me that's to be expected when it sounds this good it's a fantastic theme and it builds so much on the rest of the soundtrack that it's it's it'd be dumb not to reuse this thing it's one of my favorite things that we kind of talked about in e7 the tia theme that it's such a good composition and it lends itself to being rearranged kind of frequently yeah i agree man you know, as far as uh, the mood goes, this definitely sets the mood for the game. I really enjoyed this song. To me, it's it's just so adventurous. You know, I've always liked those tracks that only use percussions as well for particular uh, sections. Mm-hmm. In my honest opinion, doing that takes a lot of skill and understanding to do so. It's surprising that a song like this, that to me is pretty iconic in itself, mm-hmm. would only use percussions for certain sections and yet the song still rolls on. It's a fluid song, which is great. Perfect choice of instruments. All around great track. I, I liked it. Yeah, like I said, it's it's weird. Like, it's it's a great track, but like for me, like, there's not, like, stuff I can really point to specifically. Like, I didn't even really think about the percussion thing until you mentioned it now, but yeah, there are parts where, like, that's the only thing going on, and it's a really cool thing to do, but like I said, it's just one of those things where we, we I, I don't even remember if we talked about this, like, on the last segment, but it's like there's... I feel like there's not a lot to say about the soundtrack, but it's just cool to listen to. It's just one of those things. It's like, this is a listen, I suppose, more than like something you can break down. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, I, I don't have too much to say about the OST, but I enjoy listening to it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a nice OST. Yeah. All right, let's move on to training mode. Uh, this is, this kind of starts off as like the first few notes. It sounds like the main theme and it just does like a nice like head fake to something entirely different. It's almost like comical how it feels like, all right, like it, cause it's, a, you know, it's in the training mode basically of the game. So it, it does this nice like head fake of here we go. No, psych, you're not ready yet. We're going to go ahead and uh, not, not, yeah, it's, it's just like, I don't know. That's the best way I can put it. Is like it feels like it's gonna like really get you ramped up. And it's like no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull you back a little bit because there's nothing too serious going on here. So there's a lot of like cool build ups in this thing that I really like. But other than that, again, this is another one of those I like listening to, but I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first thought was interesting progression. You know, like just like you just stated, I did not see what was coming <laughs> <laughs> at all. You know, it it's a great track for a training mode. You know, I, I'd enjoy listening to this while training. It sort of gets the blood flowing. I'm not sh- really sure what it is about this track, but it's stuck in my head. I can't point out why. Yeah, like I said, this is going through the soundtrack. I the ones we the ones we picked out, like they were just like one that stuck out. But some of them were just like I don't know why I like this one. It just like something that kind of gets in the back of your brain. You're like, oh, this is catchy, but I can't really specifically say why. Mm-hmm. Can't nail it down. <laughs> 
All right, and the last one we listened to was Course Map Select. Uh, this one's got another good, like, space epic feel to it. It's short, but it's because you're not on that screen for very long. It's got a good, like, loop to it, and it's pretty, you know, uh, this is going to sound stupid after what I just said, but it's pretty loopable, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does a very good job of sounding like an orchestra, despite, you know, it not, you know, actually no real orchestral uh, capabilities that the Super Nintendo doesn't have. Man, that sounded dumb, too. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I am, I am knocking it out of the park today, man. So, But yeah, like I said, I, I, this is another one. I really like the sound of it. It's just there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, you know, I completely agree. It's unfortunate that it's so short. I understand that, you know, it was placed there for a reason and it's short for a reason. On the musical side, I would have loved to hear a lot more and a lot more girth to it. It would have been nice. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm the only thing that I'm really surprised with is uh, the strong feeling behind the track. I thought that was pretty cool yeah it's i think that maybe that's where i was like what i was meaning when i said like a strong like space epic feel to it like you really feel like you're you're gonna go do something kind of cool on a spaceship basically mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah like i said it's yeah there there's not a whole lot to say about that one but i i enjoy that one too it's just yeah but anyway uh we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next three and that we're gonna get to the the meat uh you know the the strong theme of this whole game in the first one is Corneria, and then we're going to listen to Meteor, which we exited out of the last podcast with, and then Asteroid and Venom Orbital.
Alright, I don't want to say I alluded to it because, I mean, Dominic and I both sort of like blew our proverbial wad on uh, saying that this was our favorite track probably on this album, but uh, <laughs> the Corneria theme was the last one, or the first one to listen to in that last segment. It's got a really great bass line throughout. The electronic strings are just a cool sound. There's like this guitar riff that might be the only thing resembling a complaint in there, but really the only thing I have to complain about it is it, it comes across a little too strong. Like, I wish they had pulled it back a little bit, like maybe like, you know, toned it down a little bit in volume. Otherwise, I don't mind it. So I guess Corneria is just one of those iconic video game themes that it's really good. And I can't tell you how many times I listened to this damn thing when I would play Star Fox because, you know, it takes a lot of practice to get good at these like rail shooters. And, you know, you die, then you start back at Corneria. And this is just one of those things I would hear over and over and over again. And I never got tired of listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, easily my topic as well. It's, as we've said before, it's just so iconic. Really enjoy listening and understanding how it's been put together as well. It's uh, pretty complex if you really dig into it and listen closely to it. Pretty surprised with it. Uh, leads are excellent. And as far as the emulated guitars go, I actually liked it. Mm-hmm. Now, if it were possible for them to adjust the mids and scoop the frequency a bit, I'd like it a lot more and maybe that's where you're having the issue it's just it's so dominant it kind of sticks out yeah you know yeah now if you scoop the mids a little bit it'll sink into the mix a little bit better and and not take the forefront when it should be kind of taking up space in the back yeah maybe blending in a little bit better other than that you know i liked it yeah basically that was all i wanted was i wanted i wanted them to pull it back just a hair just volume wise because it just it stuck out too much other than that like i said man i mean this theme is just, this iteration is just, like, incredibly well done. And it's one of those things that I was telling you yesterday, like, I ended up going down this, like, just rabbit hole listening to, like, Cornelia remixes <laughs> yesterday. I was just like, oh, man, this is great. It's like, I, I've, like, I've almost not heard a bad version of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next one is Meteor. That's one had a really cool vibe to it. Kind of gives off an impression of flying through space, which, you know, makes sense for a, you know, space epic uh, rail shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep exactly there's this string sound that comes in about eh, 40 seconds and i think it's pretty cool but it feels like it's building to something and it just never really builds or gets to that thing that it sounds like it's building to it's sort of like kind of crescendos and then just like okay back down to like the you know just the rhythm of it it's like it's weird it's probably timed in pretty well with the stage as the intensity picks up at certain parts but i don't remember because it's been a long time since I played Star Fox, and only like two stages really stand out in my brain. That's Corneria, and then um, like the Space Armada stage, which is one we're going to talk to in the next segment. But anyway, yeah. So like I said, I don't really remember specifically like what went on at the stage and how well timed it was with the music. Yeah, you know myself, I'm a I'm just going off the OST and the track itself. I really have no idea what the game is like. That being said, I am a sucker for those little leads that have echo that totally grab my attention, and you know it's just just a cool sound you know just it's to me it's the hook and to be honest if this track had a little more variety to it i'd say it, it would probably be my favorite track oh really okay yeah i i really enjoyed it but you know as as much as i liked it it does seem to be a little too repetitive mm-hmm. you know if it had more like i said variety to it it would grab me a lot better it does seem to be lacking a little bit in something, and I don't really know what it is, but I can totally see where you're coming from, and I see why you picked this one as the one to go out on on the last episode. It almost sounds completely different than everything else in the soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's why I picked it. It's uh, definitely unique. You know, I, I don't know if uh, the fans that are watching 
have played the game. I'm sure they have. You know, I'm sure they don't live under a rock like me. But uh, <laughs> I can forgive it because of your age. You know, I mean, it's a Super Nintendo game that was a you know a tech demo basically for the Super FX chip. So I can kind of understand that going back to it. <laughs> uh, when did the game come out? Oh man, like mid '90s, I would say. Okay, sounds probably about five years old. Uh, yeah, I could, I, I, <laughs> I could kind of. That kind of, I totally understand why you would have missed this one. You know, it's just one of those things. So, oh, I am, I am wrong here. Uh, 1993. Oh yeah, I was one year old, man. Yeah, one year old. Yeah, this came out uh, North America, March 26th, 1993. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, I could totally understand uh, this just kind of going, going by you, and it's never been available in like virtual console until. I think it's on the Super Nintendo Classic. I know Star Fox 2 is, which was unreleased up until this thing. But yeah, it's weird. Like, I think it's just like, like basically, I don't know if any Super FX chip has ever been released on a virtual console thing. And I think the, I think Star Fox was like the first one that was, so. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, well, I was hoping to pick a track that wouldn't give away, you know, the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think this did did what I wanted to wanted it to do. Yeah, totally. You know, it was uh, kind of sneaked up on everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you had just played this, I mean, I don't know if it, my brain would have right to Star Fox. Like, I would have probably thought like something like in like some kind of space shooter, but my mind might have even gone to like Wing Commander. I don't know, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm the weirdo who played Wing Commander on the Super Nintendo and never have touched it on the PC. So yeah, it's <laughs> just how I played it. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to Asteroid and Venom Orbital. Uh, this one's got a really cool feel here, I think. It gives off a good sense of, like, desperation. Like, you're in for a hell of a fight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, like, a really strong use of, like, orchestra sounds. And it does a nice touch of bringing the main theme back in about at about the 45-second mark. And just kind of, like, lets it play for a few seconds and then just kind of goes off and, like, cuts it, basically. Like, I really appreciate that they didn't, like, linger on it, like, leaning heavily on it. So, ultimately, like, for me, this is, like, a good use of like tension throughout the track and I like it. And again, I don't have a whole lot much else to say about it. Uh, in my opinion, they, uh, they nailed down the emotion pretty well. It gives me paranoia feeling, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I'm sure is, is what they were going for. That was great. It's, it's like, you better be ready for what's coming. All in all, it's a nice track. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's, this is going to be a little bit more of a slight uh, discussion, I believe, on the soundtrack just because there's not. It's weird because, I mean, most of these tracks are very, very short. The versions we're going to be playing here, I think they loop at least once, maybe. So otherwise, we might just get like three minutes of music per segment, which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I really appreciate the soundtrack. It's just it's it's a little slight but it's it's solid and it still just amazes me that you know hajime harusawa just was like you know kind of threw down the mic after this was like nah i'm done i'm good <laughs> so yeah it's it's surprising yeah i mean your first piece of work is this and you created like the corneria theme i'm like dude i mean you should at least try again man i mean you you built like one of the <laughs> coolest sounding video game tracks i've ever listened to and you just decided not to try to follow up on that all right yeah <laughs> Assuming he gave up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. I watch him fight up like the, die, the guy died in a car accident or something right after this thing. It's just like, oh, well, uh, that'd be uh, pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, I should probably uh, at least like Wikipedia his ass instead of just assuming, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, Jason, he's jeez, uh, Yeah, that would be awkward. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next three. Uh, we're going to be listening to Space Armada, 
Venom Base Level 2, and the boss theme of Corneria.
Alright, that first one was Space Armada, and this is probably my second favorite all total on this. Um, this really sets the mood of, like, heroism throughout while maintaining a sense of, like, being in a tough fight. It's one of those tracks that really evokes a memory of playing it for me. When I hear this thing, I practically am sitting on the floor of my grandma's house, Super Nintendo controller in hand, going through this, like, gigantic space battle with this gigantic ship. I, I have very strong memories of, like, you're flying by and one of these, like, gigantic ships that gets shot down and just blowing up in front of you as you're, as you're flying through space. It's just, like, this really cool, like, feeling in that stage with this track. And that's one of my favorite things of, like, video game music. It could take you back to certain places when you hear it. I appreciate what movie scores do, but they bring you to that movie. Like, video game scores for me, when done correctly and very strongly implemented like this one was, it takes me back to that time when I first played it. And like I said, I, I, I go back to being 11 years old or however old, old I was when we got this game and me sitting on the floor of my grandma's house playing this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you uh, you remember how hard it throws you into the game and it keeps the feeling going. It's mm -hmm. That's a... Uh, that's a great composer right there. That's that's how you should do it for video game music. You never really want it to die. My opinion, this uh, this track was pretty intense. Now the progression is excellent and the track is just put together well. Um, not too much more to say about it. You know, like I've said before, I, I've never played the game. Hate to say that, but after hearing this track, I I'd, I'd like to give it a shot just off this track. I think it's worth it. I mean, the game, I mean, if you use uh, save states and emulator, like you could get through this game in a couple of hours. It's a short thing. You know, most rail shooters hmm. are short. It's just this one, there's different paths and everything you can take throughout the game. So it kind of, it lends itself to replaying it that way. And then of course there's like, just trying to get better. Like, Hey, I wonder if I can, you know, not get one of my wingmen, like, you know, shot down during this stage or getting hit through here. Like there's a bunch of parts where some of your wingmen come through and they need your help getting a bogey off their six effectively. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and you start memorizing like, okay, well this happens here. This happens there. This is going to come up here. So it just starts to like just a practice thing of mem of muscle memorization. And it's a genre that isn't really that popular anymore just because the expense of developing a really good one and then seeing that return come back. I think if somebody paid like $60 for like a two hour rail shooter these days, they'd be a little pissed off. <laughs> you know, when you can yeah, go on yeah. Steam and go buy a, like, you know, Stardew Valley for, for, you know, 15 or 25 bucks or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, you get a hundred plus hours out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. These uh, types of games are pretty much obsolete. Yeah. You know, no reason to go to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Star Fox Zero came out or. Star Fox, I think, yes, yeah, Star Fox Zero came out on the Wii U, but, like, the only reason, like, I never really played more than a few minutes of it was because you had to play with the gamepad, and I think, I, I don't think I've talked about it here, but, like, the gamepad feels like the Switch, but the uh, Tonka toy version of the Switch. <laughs> it's just this really? big plastic hunk, and it's just, it feels, like I said, it feels very plasticky, like, it feels like a toy versus the Switch, which feels like a nice piece of machinery in your hands, yeah. so. Uh. Yeah. But anyway, uh, moving on from Space Armada, we've got Venom Base Level 2, and this is another intense sound. I really kind of dig this one. There's a really strong use of percussion throughout it. It changes up a bit at the 32-second mark and just really takes off for me. The bass drum becomes a bit more noticeable after that section, really hammering the point home more, a little bit more. I really dig the tempo of it, too. It's... Like I said, there's another one that's it's really cool. I don't have much else to say about it. It's like... I, guess, I, I, I almost feel bad like we're doing short... like shrift to this thing but 
you know, after we talked about E7, which was such a meaningful soundtrack to me, and there's so much instrumentation going on, like, it's like, well, it just seems like inevitable, no matter what we talked about next, was going to get a little bit shorter of a, of a discussion, I suppose. Yeah, I hate to say it, but, you know, these, the two OSTs, uh, E7 and, you know, Star Fox, that there's no comparison. E7 just stomps all over this. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. That's just my opinion. But, you know, to me, the reason why we're doing this is uh, more so that you could listen to the OST, you know, it's nice to hear commentary, but listen to it yourself and, and you might find something you like, you know, it's, it's just so hard to come up with something to say about this kind of stuff. I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know why I can't tell you, you know? Yeah. And like I said, it's weird. Like there's a lot of Super Nintendo tracks we, or uh, soundtracks we could have gone to that I think there would have been a lot more stuff to talk about, even going like to like a near launch title, or if not a launch title for the Super Nintendo Act Razor. That thing is just all kinds of like deep that you could talk about. It's an incredible soundtrack, but I feel like Star Fox kind of sometimes gets not really talked about very much as far as like how good the soundtrack is. Like a lot of people just think like, oh, hey, there's the... Uh, there's that rail shooter from the Super Nintendo that runs at like, you know, five frames a second a lot. I wanted to bring up the, the soundtrack and, you know, give it a little commentary, but without having, I don't want to say the ability, but without there being too much to comment on. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I, like I said, I like this one a lot that, or at least the tracks that we're talking about, the ones we skipped over. There's a couple here and there that I was like, oh, we could have done this, but we're trying to keep this one a little bit more tight, I suppose, comparatively to the last two. <laughs> So yeah, these are these tracks are definitely the highlight of the OSD in my mm. opinion. Yeah. Um, well, back to the the actual track. Um, yeah. I thought the the fast antsy ticking sound, which I'm assuming is a, a supposed to be the snare drum. I, I think that works very well with the much slower rhythm. You don't typically hear songs like that. Usually, if it's a slow song, it's everything's slow. Yeah. If it's fast. Everything's fast. It was nice to hear the contrast between the speeds. You know, really cool. Always will enjoy these fast tracks. Uh, nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I I gotta say, man, like that bass drum of this thing, like I really, it made me actually go back and listen to a few of the other tracks and listen for. It. Like I I really didn't notice like how much the bass drum gets used throughout some of the uh, other tracks in the soundtrack. But this one like really kind of hammered it home that this guy really enjoys these things. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, moving on to Boss Corneria. Uh, this one starts off with like an ominous chanting for like 20 seconds and then just kind of takes off. The The first 20 seconds is when the boss kind of swoops in and is getting set for the attack, basically. And then after that, when the actual track kicks off is like when the actual, you know, fight effectively starts. Again, this one probably sticks out so much for me because I fought this thing a whole hell of a lot just because it's the first boss in the first stage of the game. And, you know, after you get a game over and you got to try again, this is, you know, you're going to fight this thing no matter what you do. So you're always going to hear this thing. <laughs> yeah, judging by the intro, I was uh, definitely expecting something much different. Didn't really see it coming. And then the bass line just smacks you in the face, man. That was... <laughs> yeah. uh, Dude, that was cool. I, in fact, I, I like it so much. I think I'm gonna look up some tabs and pull the bass out and you know learn it. Hmm. It's really cool. Really, that's, really cool. That's impressive. But, yeah, I just I, thought, you know, the bass track just kept the freaking song going, man. It was just rolling and rolling, and it, I, I loved every second of it. Yeah, this guy has done some. 
I I don't know, man. We looked it up in between segments, and this isn't his first game. It's his second game he worked on. He worked on another Japan-only game that came out for the Famicom Disk System that I'm not even going to try to pronounce again. <laughs> but two works. I mean, he's done two things, and one of them is this. And I'm like, dude, what in the hell, man? Like, he left Nintendo, like, right after this soundtrack was... Or after, right after this game was done, and it just did his own thing. And, like... I've, I've, like I said, I've never seen him credited for anything else beyond this. And it's just amazing to me that, you know, you go out on such a high note, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that'd be the way to do it. If you were going to, you know, completely quit doing this. I Well, he didn't completely quit. But uh, as far as uh, music goes, or mu- game music goes. Yeah. Um, you know, he completely put a stop to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if maybe that's the company he does or he found it or whatever after this, like does game music as well, but it just like, you know, music on demand. And I'm like, that's weird that you would just, you know, just completely back away from this. And I I get it. Maybe he created this as sort of like a portfolio thing. Like, Hey, I did this and my company and I can create stuff for you. Like I kind of get that, but it's just like, man, I I don't know. For me, you know, we're going through a bunch of composers and stuff and, for me, this is just like this is like the one big surprise that I've we've hit so far that I'm like this guy just just you know left like effectively just like out. yeah like nobody knows what the hell he's doing anymore. It's just weird to me. So normally it's like you can find a through line of like oh they went on to do this with this person and then this person and then this person. It's like they co-compose with stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like it's nuts. He's just he never did a single thing by himself again after this. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like he just said screw it, doing something else. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I think that is everything we've got on these three, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I couldn't remember. Like, I was pretty sure we had gotten everything, so... This has been kind of interesting so far, just because, like, in between segments, we're, like, looking stuff up. So this has been a uh, an interesting, uh, we'll say, education for us and you guys as we're going through this podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on. The next three we're going to be listening to are the Titania boss theme, the Venom Base 1 boss theme, and the Venom Base 2 boss theme.
Alright, first one we listened to was the Titania boss theme. Uh, this one starts off with a guitar riff at the beginning and goes into like electronic stuff taking the forefront. And about 40 seconds in, I think it was, it kind of starts crescendoing, leading to a pretty cool little section of what I could best describe as electronic violin on speed. Like, it's just nuts. I mean, like, you just kind of like get this like feeling of like the string section having taken like a like a thing of crank and just going off on their violins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely didn't see that one coming. In, in fact, that uh, that was actually one of my favorite parts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it came out of nowhere, and it just I, I wasn't expecting it. Yet I was. That's what that's the weird thing about it. You know, I wasn't expecting it. Yet I was expecting something extremely off the wall to happen. <laughs> yeah, and it did. <laughs> and you know yeah, how I is. feel about violence and like fast tracks like this. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, instant boner. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that this track seemed to be everywhere. Yet it was a. Uh, pretty straightforward and well reserved mm -hmm. you know it, like i said it just it just seemed to be everywhere but yet it it wasn't you know i, I know i pretty much just said that but it's i'm intrigued <laughs> i think the best way i can describe this track is like controlled chaos maybe oh uh, yeah perfect <laughs> it, I, I think you, i think you put it pretty well like it feels like it's going everywhere but it's got a definite path it's going down exactly <laughs> well put <laughs> all right so the next two you may have noticed are kind of the same track. The two Venom bass themes are or boss themes are effectively the same. There's just a different intro to them. Now, if I'm remembering right, in each stage or in some of the stages, there's different paths you can kind of take down to lead you to certain things. And I think this is one of those ones where there's two different ways to get to the boss. And maybe that's again, this is speculating and I'm going off memory from when I was, you know, 11, which was you know, 25 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a while. But anyway, um, the intro to the um, Venom Base 1 theme, it's got a nice build up to the rest of it. It's cool feeling and it's got this like kind of like cool electronic trill going on with a really strong bass drum in the background. And this was one where I started paying attention to the bass drum after I noticed it in... Oh, what was it? Uh, Venom Bass Level 2 theme. It was one of those things that once I heard that, I started paying attention for that instrument more because he used this very, very heavily throughout the soundtrack. It's more strong in certain tracks than it is in others. And this, the Venom thing, like, it's very prominent in the, like, in these tracks. Mm-hmm. It's funny, uh, as far as the percussions go, I really didn't snap how much they stuck out. I, I didn't snap to that at all. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was probably half asleep listening to it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I, I listened to it again and yeah, those questions are very strong. I, and, uh, as far as the rhythm goes, I really didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. But I liked it as far as the Venom two boss. I guess I'm not, not too much to say about this track. It's essentially the same track. Yeah. But it does seem to have, honestly, it does seem to have more of a bite to it. I don't know if there's something different going on with it. But it just seems like it, it sticks out more. I don't know. I'm wondering if it has something to do with the the, the intro. Like I said, the, mm, yeah. the number one, I think it it builds up pretty well. But I think the the second one, it's got more of an... I, this is practically becoming another thing you need to take a shot of every time I say it. But like it's got a more of an ominous feel to it. And I think going into the actual theme itself right after that... It builds like a level of like tension and creepy feeling and then like leads into what the theme is itself. I think it kind of does a nice like almost like mood change basically. And so maybe that's why it sticks out a little bit more because it takes you to two different places rather than builds up into something that you can kind of see where it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that has to be it. 
that's uh, probably what made me feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, this is another one of those things where I I got two different vibes, a bunch like you in that sense. Like I got two different vibes from these two, even though they're outside of the intros, the exact same track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, it's a nutty one. So I think that's everything on those three. So the next ones we're going to be talking about are Course Clear, the orchestra version, Course Clear, the band version, and then the ending. And that's going to be the last segment. So if you were hoping for another like two hour epic from us, sorry to disappoint, I guess, but uh, you know, we got to save our voices somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm digging through the bleak files. So bear with us. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and rock out to those three, and we'll be right back.
right, and to wrap up this podcast here, the last three we listened to were Course Clear, the orchestra version, Course Clear Band, and then the ending. So, Course Clear Orchestra, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's got a like great use of the main theme being played here, and it just got this like cool, victorious vibe to it. I really dig this one, and exactly as the title alludes to it does you know it does its best to emulate an orchestra and i really appreciate like how good of a job they did with the super nintendo sound chip like i said that's it's where the super nintendo it sounds like nothing else in the industry um i could kind of see sometimes like you listen to like the turbo graphic 16 um and the sega genesis or even the um the fm chip on the sega master system you could kind of maybe get those confused because they all sort of have this like kind of deeper some people call the Sega Genesis sound thing a little farty, I guess you can say. <laughs> um, but you can kind of get that vibe and kind of get the like the three of them maybe mixed up a little bit. But the Super Nintendo, you hear that, and it's just like, that's a Super Nintendo soundtrack. I mean, there's nothing in the in the world that sounds like that thing. Yeah. All in all, it uh, definitely had great in- instrumentation. The composition was uh, incredible. I, I really liked it. It's funny because this OST is just, the way it's composed is just so different. It's it's like nothing I've ever heard other than like, you know, Star Wars or something. It's mm-hmm. definitely on the Star Wars side. But I just I don't know. I really enjoy the way everything was composed. It's just so like original, you know? Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. weird because like you said, you can hear its influences, but it does do its own thing. Like I just recently finished watching um, the early or mid 2000s version of Battlestar Galactica. And I, I never... Like I paid attention, I started paying attention to the soundtrack, and I really kind of liked it's like weird, like new agey kind of feel. And I had heard the guy who composed Bear McCreary. I had heard his work before without kind of realizing it. And then listening to that, like I bought a few of the tracks that really stuck out for me in that one, and went back and listened to some other Bear McCreary stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is just like you listen to it, and it's like, oh, this soundtrack is Bear McCreary as fuck. I mean, you just hear it, and you're like, oh, this is that same composer because it's the exact same style. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily because Matoi Sakuraba who does the Tales of games, did the Bat Kaido soundtracks. He, he was sort of, like I said, my my foot in the door for prog rock. Like, you hear his stuff, and it's like, oh, that's Matoi Sakuraba. I mean, no mm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, like, you hear Bear McCreary, and it's like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's a Bear McCreary soundtrack. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to Star Fox here. Um, moving on to Course Clear Band. Again, this is the same track as the last one, more or less, but it's just different instrumentation. And... Again, just shows how flexible that main theme is. And this one's called Band, but it sounds more like a, like an electronic DJ sort of thing. I don't know. Like, that's the best way I can put it. Like, it sounds more like a remix of the sampled orchestra that they were trying to do on the last one. But mm-hmm. I, I I dig it. Like I said, this, this main theme is incredibly flexible, and I really appreciate that. And I think that's a good thing of, like, space operas and space epics, too, that they do where they have a theme and they kind of always go back to it. I mean, you know, the the Luke and Leia theme in Star Wars, there's so many iterations and different, like, arrangements of it throughout the movie series. And it's always subtle enough that unless you're paying attention to it, you might not even realize it's there. And it's just really cool that the main theme is, it's not quite as iconic, but it's also... Mm Mm-hmm. I'm getting more of a fun, friendly vibe <laughs> with this one, mm-hmm. opposed to you know the last track we listened to. Same progression, same everything. It's just the instrumentation changed, and uh, you know I like it. It's cool. It's uh, like I said, it's fun and friendly. Now I can see why this composition has been remixed so many times. It's just it's versatile. You, you know you can do a lot to it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean 
he he basically like just made a made a piece of music to put on a tee for everyone just to knock it out of the park with with <laughs> almost no matter what somebody does to it it it's almost a home run every single time i try to remember some remix album i was listening to on Bandcamp, and i heard this and i was like oh man this is like completely different than anything else i've ever heard and god i hope i save that damn thing to my wish list because i'm like i'm drawing a blank as to what it is so not helpful but i went through like 50 different remixes of like the corneria theme and then the main theme yesterday alone so i'm kind of like oh all this stuff sort of jumbled in my head <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, when, I wasn't kidding, man. When I said I was going down a rabbit hole of Corneria theme, and I didn't know if I was coming back up from it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, now I know what you mean. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> all right. And moving on from that one, we're going to move on to the ending theme. And just like I said before, like I hear a Bear McCurry soundtrack. I'm like, the soundtrack is a Bear McCurry soundtrack. This is, yeah, this is an ending theme. All right. Like you hear this thing and you can, like, I don't know that I ever beat Star Fox legitimately. When I hear this, I can picture the R-Wings flying by and like swooping cameras going through or, you know, going by them as, as they fly by as this thing is playing. It does a cool job of bringing together the main theme and then using pretty much every instrument we've heard throughout. It's just, it's a great callback to the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah. You know, it is very interesting how everything you'll hear on this OST is compiled into one track. You know, it, I'm, I'm in love with this track. It's, it's great. In fact, this has to be the most interesting track of them all. For sure. You know, it's just so, I, I honestly didn't see that coming. I didn't think they were going to do that. You know, nobody really does that actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah. And it worked out so well as if it was like, you know, like they planned to do this really cool. It's uh, what a great way to end a game and, and a podcast. <laughs> you know what? Couldn't have said it much better myself. I don't think I could have segued to an ending better than that. So let's go ahead and just wrap this thing up here. So this has been episode 10 of Rock Out With Your Card Out. We've got a ton of new listeners from that E7 thing. So uh, welcome aboard, I guess. Uh, this is what happens when we're not uh, talking about Falcom Sound Team. So uh, actually, no, if you go back and listen to some of the other ones, we've had more to say about more of these slight soundtracks. It's just this one. Like I said, it's, it's just in a weird spot of like, it's cool to listen to, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to talk about in certain aspects. This is a nice change from E7 with such an in-depth soundtrack to listening to something like this, which is almost as enjoyable to listen to, but a little bit more slight as far as uh, commentary goes. So mm -hmm. if this is somehow your first time with us, thanks for jumping on board. We appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we're, this is like the surprise runaway hit uh, of podcasts that I've done. Like I, I just see the numbers going up every week and I just don't understand how it's happening. It's, it's really weird. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm happy with the show and I am just astounded at the numbers I see every week as we're going up and up and up. So, but if you want to help us continue to grow, you can, you know, like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, all that nonsense, you know, rate us on whatever platform you listen to this thing on, you know, share us around. If you want to like give somebody something to listen to with video, who's into video game music, like I think we've got a pretty good show here and I'm super into video game music, and uh, th this is a show that I think Dominic and I could be doing for years on end without ever running out of something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. It's uh, it's just so much fun. It's to me, it's uh, it's never ending, and I love it. And I hope everybody else enjoys it. I've always found it nice to hear what other people have to say about you know music, especially game music. You know, everybody has their own opinions, but it's nice to know that people are actually tuning in. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life. <laughs> It is pretty cool, man. And like I said, and, and it's been for me, it's been like a cool journey of going back into like my own knowledge of stuff and introducing it to you because mm -hmm. like the the amount of soundtracks I have is absurd. And the, just the stuff I've listened to, you know, because of the age difference between us is also absurd. So <laughs> going back and like 
like, oh yeah, hey, the Star Fox soundtrack is pretty cool. Let me let me make Dominic listen to this thing. You know, it's just like it's this really cool trip of like me almost rediscovering stuff for myself too as I'm introducing it to you. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly dorky thing to be doing, but you know, I mean, I guess doing a podcast about video game music is an incredibly dorky thing anyway. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, very true. Yeah, we're just we're dorks. <laughs> All right, as far as uh, other dorky things, you can follow us on Twitter at Robico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at Jason Ariel Dominic. And me at Dominant Shred. And if you've got any topics you'd want us to cover, you can go ahead and check us out on Patreon. Um, by the time this goes up, I'll have readjusted the tiers for things. So if you're wanting to request an episode or something like that, I've bumped them down a little bit. So they're a little bit more affordable. I figured maybe it'll be a little bit easier to get people jumping in because like i said dominic and i are let's say not short on topics anytime <laughs> soon but if there's something in specifically you might want to tune us into because hey who knows maybe it's something i haven't heard before the composer for this hajime hurasawa he did another game before this and i've never even heard of that game so obviously i've never heard of the soundtrack either so you know there's there's a wealth of stuff out there that i don't know about and if somebody wants to turn me on to something like that i'd be I'd be totally down for that, too. So you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. That not only supports this podcast, but it also supports the website I run with my friend Vanessa Cahill, who is our web empress and also is one of the co-hosts of Multimedia Failure, which is another podcast I do. Chronological history of video game movies, basically. that We watch them and then arbitrarily rank them against each other. We skipped one that won't be coming out, but should be technically coming out like three episodes down from now but it's closer to hentai than it is an actual movie so i just was like hey you know we're not gonna do this one guys i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and uh call it audible and we're just gonna move on to the next thing after that oh man that podcast has been interesting to say the least and it's the one the most recent episode we put up was the fatal fury the motion picture one and that's the one we've got the most feedback on about how um how little taste we have in movies because apparently people like that and i don't I don't see it, but hey, whatever. I guess if that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not going to fault you for it. I I just happen to have watched uh, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, a few weeks before that. And I just feel that is a vastly superior movie and much more interesting to watch. And I watched it a ton when I was a kid. A ton as a teenager and a ton as an adult or uh, as a young adult, basically. And going to it as a 36-year-old dude, like I'm going back and like, oh, this is still fun to watch. Uh, Fatal Fury, the motion picture, I remember watching and being... Uh, interested in uh, for the let's say the my fan service scenes basically um, now going back to it as an adult who I don't really need that stuff um, I'm not so interested but anyway let's get on from that so this is the this podcast is every other week and alternating with that is multimedia failure so if you subscribe to a catch-all podcast thread that we have that's games junk all podcasts I think it is uh, you can just get both of those or you can subscribe to just individually these which we appreciate if you do all three because it helps with my numbers and helps with the uh, I don't know what, my, my ego, I suppose? <laughs> oh, somebody gives a shit about what I'm talking about. So, But anyway, um, I'm not really 100% sure what we're doing next week. Dominic and I are going to have to hash this out because, you know, I've got to put the teaser track for the next episode in. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah.